0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. And I'm going to talk for just a moment before we get started. It is kind of a scary time to be a sex worker. And I'm kind of like a semi-pro sex worker. I don't do anything face-to-face, and it's not my main, main, main source of income, although it's a very important part of it. Um, But, you know, we've talked to, like, um, Miss Jen Davis, who had a wonderful audio for last show and um her problem is that uh doing you know doing the uh sessions is just out with the virus which means she's become much more reliant on phone income much more reliant on clip income and um i think there's a lot of people out there like that so this holiday you know if you're enjoying your porn please think of the people creating it for you and i'm not talking about myself um, for one thing, I don't know if you saw this this week. Pornhub, uh, got cut off by Visa and MasterCard. And part of me says, you know what? They've done a horrible job of taking stuff down and policing. And so, in a way, they deserve it. But it's scary. And, um, today, a frontline medical worker who has been, um, fighting against, you know, the virus, she got, um, Slack shamed on a New York paper because, God forbid, she was also supplementing her income on OnlyFans. So, never a great time to be a sex worker. This is especially true now. Um, the Democrats don't like us. The Republicans don't like us. Nobody likes us. So, I hope you do. So, anyway, just a little political message there. Just this holiday, please think of the women who appear on this podcast and. Even the women who don't. If, if you're enjoying someone's work, please let them know. It's a great time to do it. Whether it's the milkman, well, who's got a milkman anymore? The, the mail carrier or the sex worker. So this um, week we're back with another one from Shayla Aspasia. I always worry about having too many audios from her, but everybody seems to love them and so do I, so I more, the barrier. Um, this one is based on an old story of mine. Um, called "Sissy Under Wraps," and uh, you're not gonna get all the story, but you're gonna get you're gonna get about sixty percent of it. So here it is. It's "Sissy Under Wraps" by me, and read by Shayla Aspasia.
1: "Sissy Under Wraps," written by Kylie Gable, narrated by Shayla Aspasia. December twenty third really what kind of guy breaks up with you on December 23rd and what kind of guy does it by email was he just trying to get out of buying a Christmas gift Jack was always cheap that way but it wasn't like she was looking for an engagement ring or anything though after two years of putting up with an overage man-child who didn't even know how to separate his laundry by color That is, before she walked into his life, the summer after he had graduated from Columbia. She certainly deserved it. Katie, not Catherine or Kate, didn't believe in pressuring a guy to propose. If you did, then you only had yourself to blame when he divorced you after realizing he only got married because of pressure from you. No strings or commitments for them. She was the ideal girlfriend. Cute, outgoing, liked his friends. Didn't dream of church bells and wedding cake. What guy wouldn't want to be her boyfriend? Her spoon found the bottom of the quart of salted caramel truffle explosion, and she licked it clean. Catching a glimpse of the nutritional information panel, like a basketball player looks at a scoreboard. She noted the 2,548 calories that she had consumed and declared it absolutely worth it. She sighed and called Angie. If anybody could talk her down from this funk before this holiday became an endless haze of rum, ice cream, and Christmas candy, it would be her friends. Jack left me, she sobbed into the receiver. That bastard! What kind of guy dumps a girl two days before Christmas? growled Angie. His email said he was trying to define himself. It wouldn't be fair to me to stay together. Oh, please, what kind of television psychiatrist crap is that? Wait, did you say email? Yeah, I just read it two hours ago. "'Oh, he better hope he finds himself before I find him. "'You deserve a lot better than that. "'Skinny little runt, anyway. "'Don't worry, we'll find you somebody. "'You'll see. "'Do you want me to come over? "'Could you? "'I'll be there in twenty minutes. "'Don't go near the freezer till I get there.' "'Too late,' confessed Katie. "'Angie was the second to arrive.' By total coincidence, Sharon had stopped by, and she had in turn called Jen. Jen and Sharon had been as close as sisters since they were in Delta Theta sorority, together back when they attended DuPont College. Now all four taught at the same high school, and hung out together on the weekends as well. They were inseparable. There was never any doubt that they had each other's back and that their bonds were stronger than any man could break. They had been there through family illness, broken hearts, and a teacher strike that lasted two whole weeks. Two long weeks without pay and student loans, rent, and car payments hanging over their heads. They had come through it all together, united and stronger than before. That night, Katie poured out her heart to them. Look, it wasn't like Jack was some kind of catch or anything. It was the general consensus of the group that Katie could do a lot better. Cute guys with better prospects who were considerate and sophisticated noticed her. They flirted, and they were everything that Jack wasn't. But she continued to make excuses and allowances for her dud of a boyfriend. He wasn't even that big of a jerk, just incredibly immature and selfish. The girls left Katie's house only a couple of hours before the sun was due to appear in the eastern sky. They were all determined to make this a Merry Christmas for their friend, but they struggled mightily with the question of just how. While Katie had a modest house, Jen was still living in an apartment stacked with other apartments in a turn-of-the-century building in Lincoln Park. At 24, she wasn't in a hurry to put down roots. Her roommate, Rachel, was about the best roommate you could have. She was kind, thoughtful, and never late with her share of the rent. She also was a complete knockout. She was nearly six feet tall. Most of that height seemed to be in her legs. Her oversized pouty lips, big eyes, and long strawberry blonde hair didn't hurt either. It was just after six on Christmas Eve night, and Jen was looking at her Facebook page. She wasn't going to be able to make it home for Christmas, but at least she can enjoy watching her friends have a good time with their families. She noticed an update from Jack, and then she remembered that she still had the loser friended. She was about to take care of that little oversight when she actually read the update. Jack had posted, I'm stuck in town for the holidays, and I just dumped my girlfriend. I think this calls for some massive pre-Christmas drinking. If anyone wants to join me, I'm at Huff's Pub. No bitches allowed. Hey, Rebecca, do you have any plans for tonight? asked Jen. No, I thought I'd just chill with you, she responded honestly. I have a better idea. How do you feel about Huff's pub? Every eye was on her. She was tall but not afraid to enter the bar on stiletto hills. The slinky black dress made her look ravishing, but also very out of place in this corner dive. Jack Holleran was shocked when the woman sat on the empty stool next to him and ordered a light beer and a shot of whiskey. Jack downed his liquid courage, hoping to get up the courage to talk to her. "'Hey, do you have the time?' she asked. "'Um, me?' he replied nervously. (laughs) "'I don't really care,' she shook her head. "'If you want the honor of telling me the time, it's yours.' "'It's like 7.30, I think,' he guessed. "'So why are you out drinking on Christmas Eve?' she questioned. "'I was just looking to meet interesting people.' "'I think I hit the jackpot,' he smiled. "'Oh, that's smooth,' she lied. "'So you find me interesting. "'I'm Rachel.' "'I'm Jack,' he beamed. Oh, where were you going tonight? "'You certainly didn't get dressed like that to come here.' "'I was going out with my boyfriend,' she replied, "'watching Jack's mood grow sullen. "'But he broke up with me. "'What a creep, right?' "'Really?' "'Why did he break up with you?' "'Does it matter? "'What kind of a son of a bitch breaks up with a woman on Christmas Eve?' "'Yeah, that's a real tough break,' he stammered sheepishly. "'Do you feel like having some fun tonight?' she smiled. "'More fun than a dive bar? "'What do you have in mind?' "'Well, an asshole like my now ex-boyfriend "'really deserves to be forgotten quickly.' I bet I could show you the kind of night that you would never forget. Yeah, you make it sound very tempting, he laughed. So come on, let's go. You don't have a girlfriend, do you? No, he stuttered, realizing that for the first time in ages he didn't. He chugged his drink and left two dollars on the bar for a tip for the eight beers that he had drank. Together, the oddly mismatched couple made their way out to his car. Had he known he was going to meet a girl, he would have worn a clean shirt. As Rachel navigated the way to her apartment, it seemed strangely familiar, but he couldn't figure out why. He had dropped Katie off a time or two, but it had been months. Jack and Rebecca exited the car, He put his arm in the small of her back, and together they went inside. As they got to the landing in front of the apartment, Rachel kissed Jack deeply. She fumbled for her keys, still locked in his embrace, and together they kissed their way inside. She kept moving with him until they plopped down on the couch in the center of the room. Once there, she quickly pulled away. "'Hi, Jack. Merry Christmas,' said Jen cheerfully. "'What what are you doing here?' he stuttered, panicked, as she seemed to be expecting him. "'I live here, genius,' she laughed. "'Then that means,' he hesitated, "'yeah, Jackie boy, you've been set up,' called Sharon from across the room. "'I did promise you a night you wouldn't forget,' teased rachel taking a look at the women now surrounding him jack took stock of the situation he had no intention of cooperating they definitely seemed intent on inflicting some kind of punishment on him but there was no reason he had to take it he knew these girls well except for rachel he wouldn't hit them or anything but they better not get in his way. Jack bolted upright and sprinted toward the door. The girls were ready for that. Jen had moved over between Jack and the door. No, you're not leaving here. Not until we say you are, interjected Jen forcefully. Out of my way, Jen. This isn't funny, he warned. I think it's hysterical, she taunted. Jack attempted to grab her and pull her out of his way, but she didn't make it easy for him. By the time he was able to move her and give himself a clear path to open the door, the other girls were on him. Rachel put her arm around his neck and Sharon and Rebecca each grabbed an arm and held on for dear life. They dragged him back to the couch and held him down jen quickly made her move unbuckling his belt and unzipping his pants she produced a small metal object and stuck it over jack's penis he looked down in fear which turned to abject terror when he heard a click and saw her remove a small key from the device what the hell is that he asked still held firmly this is what they called an electrified cage it's the latest thing on the market and according to lauren an erotic playground it will hurt more than getting kicked in the nuts 20 times if i press this red button at its highest setting explained jen holding the control unit you bitch he cried oh does that mean you want me to try it out no are you sure ask me nicely and maybe i won't she teased please don't press that button he pleaded tell us you'll be a good little girl and cooperate chimed in sharon i'll be a good little girl and cooperate he agreed swallowing hard as he choked down each word He screamed as Jen zapped him. The girls held him tight as he spent the next five seconds spasming in pain. That was the lowest setting, Jack. Don't fuck with us. Don't even question us or you'll get the high setting, she threatened. No more, please. What do you want from me? He asked. We ran a nice, relaxing bubble bath for you. Don't worry, your device is safe in water, as long as you don't struggle with it and accidentally expose a wire, that is. In the bathtub, you'll also find a couple of pink razors and some shaving cream. Shave everything below your neck, and I do mean everything, Jack. If you miss a spot, I will finish the job and I won't use shaving cream. Oh, come on, you can't be serious, he complained. Try me, she said, holding up the control unit. Fine, I'm going, he backed away quickly. Jack found everything right where the girls said it would be. He plopped himself down into the warm water of the bathtub and smelled the lavender-scented bubbles. It was pleasant enough, but very feminine, and he knew that he would soon share that fragrance. The water was still warm. It must have been scalding when they filled the tub. It made it easier for him to relax, but this was no social function. The girls would be inspecting him closely and they wouldn't be happy with anything less than perfection from the sounds of Jen's warning. He grabbed the shaving cream "'and stuck his right leg out of the tub. "'Lathering it up, the task was unfamiliar and very humiliating. "'But it did seem simple enough. "'The bathroom door swinging open startled Jack. "'It was Rachel. "'She quickly snapped a picture of him shaving his leg on her phone. "'What the hell?' he asked. "'Relax, I can't see anything with the bubbles.' "'Don't get your panties in a bunch,' she giggled at her own joke. "'I still want my privacy,' he insisted. "'I just wanted a souvenir,' she cooed. "'Well, you got one. "'I also wanted to give you a change of clothes.' "'She smiled, depositing a bright red thong on the sink "'and helping herself to the clothes that Jack had discarded on the floor.' Hey, leave those, he snapped. Finish shaving. You wouldn't want me to get that remote control, would you? No, I guess not. When Jack finally emerged from his bubble bath, he was satiny smooth and had a delightful floral bouquet. The girls laughed, not at his comical appearance as much as the demeanor. His walk was the shuffle of a condemned man, "'as he made his way towards his captors. "'They sat him down on the couch "'and began a long and deliberate transformation. "'Jen knelt on the floor, ready to paint his toes, "'while Sharon did his fingers. "'Rachel stood behind the couch, "'a wig and spirit gun held tightly in her hands. "'The honor of doing his makeup belonged to Angie.' "'What are you going to do to me?' he asked, clearly shaken. "'We're going to make you pretty, silly,' laughed Angie, as she flicked a soft brush at his nose. Jack was alarmed at the extensions that the girls were gluing onto his nails. Once the bright red nail polish was applied, he couldn't tell where his own fingernails ended, and the acrylic actually began. "'Even worse,' He could feel Rachel applying a very liberal amount of adhesive to his head. "'Calm down. It's nothing to worry your pretty little head about,' assured Angie. "'Rachel is just using spirit gum. "'It's easy to take off, but we wouldn't want the wig slipping off, now would we? "'Just hurry up.' "'Oh, someone is in a hurry to look so pretty,' teased Angie." and as she finished using a black eyeliner to give Jack the winged look. That wig really does change his appearance, giggled Jen. Definitely an improvement, agreed Sharon. Jack was startled as he felt Rachel stick a pair of breast forms on his chest and hold them in place, while the same glue that was used to attach his wig was allowed to set on his chest. Jen saw Jack's mood change and immediately grabbed for the remote, pointing it at their partially feminized prisoner. He sighed and rolled his eyes, allowing Rachel to finish her work. Pucker up, Jackie. Angie smiled as she completed her masterpiece by applying Fire Engine Red lipstick to Jackie's lips. The girls all stood back and laughed out loud. Jack was going to be quite beautiful when they were done. Do you think the glue on his breast will hold, fretted Rachel? One way to find out, Sharon smiled. We want to see some jumping jacks, sissy. What? You heard us, bitch. Get jumping, commanded Jen, with the remote held tightly in her hand. Jack got to his feet and began doing what they asked. The movement of the exercise caused Jack's breast to sway back and forth and up and down. It was very uncomfortable for him, but the glue, it did hold. The girls found this absolutely hysterical, and Rachel had to force herself just to keep it together, just so she could capture fifteen seconds of this amusing sight on her phone. Rachel came up behind Jack and attached a flimsy red bra to his chest, giving him some support. It matched his panties, but like the thong, they were completely impractical. She also attached a red garter belt around his waist, and Jen and Angie drew a pair of white fishnet stockings up his legs and attached them to his garters underneath the panties. Sharon brought over a pair of red open-toed pumps with a five-inch heel and had Jack step into them. That's the whole point of wearing shoes like this, Jack. Besides, you won't be walking much, laughed Sharon. The final additions to Jack's feminine outfit were a Santa hat and a very long-sleeved red dress with white sparkly marabou trim at the waist, bust, and hem. Rachel busied herself taking pictures of the transformation. They showed Jack his reflection in the mirror, and he stood there in slack-jawed astonishment. Yeah, you're pretty hot, giggled Angie. I knew he could be cute, but not this cute, agreed Jen. Big improvement, laughed Sharon. All right, so far so good. Let's get this show on the road, urged Jen as she grabbed her coat. I can't go anywhere like this, he insisted. I don't think you have a choice, giggled Rachel, tossing Jack a red woman's winter coat. Here, put this on. Aw, don't look so glum, sissy. Sharon wanted to make you ride in the trunk. But I said you deserve to ride in the car, Angie smiled. I'm not a sissy. Really? asked Rachel. The girls all had such a good laugh. But Jack could do nothing but blush in absolute humiliation. The ride to Katie's house was very quiet. Jack had a lot of questions about what they were going to do with him and where they were going, but he felt opening his mouth meant taking a very real chance of being stuffed into the trunk, so he bit his tongue. When he saw that the car was going to Katie's house, he was relieved. That he wasn't about to be abandoned in the woods, but terrified of having her see him like this. That's right, bitch. You'll be Katie's Christmas surprise, laughed Sharon, as if reading his thoughts. What? I can't let her see me like this, protested Jack. Ah, don't worry. We'll keep you under wraps, teased Angie. He didn't know what was so funny, but all the girls laughed like she had just told the funniest joke in the world this scared him when the car pulled to a stop in front of katie's jack was relieved to find that there were no lights on his transformation had taken a while and it was getting close to 11 at night she was either out or sleeping out you go said jen holding up the remote control to his electrified cock cage jack stepped out into the cold night air very conscious of the cold night air Whipping under the short skirt of his outfit. Rachel and Jen roughly herded him towards the stairs, while Angie opened the door with the spare key that Katie had given her soon after moving in. Sharon also entered, her arms full of wrapping paper. I assume Katie's upstairs sleeping. Let's keep it quiet. Once you get started on the present, Angie motioned to Jen and Rachel. Sharon and I will get the box from the basement. Sure, I'm quite good at wrapping, assured Rachel. Jen grabbed Jack's hands and pinned them together behind his back, where Rachel proceeded to wind a clothesline through them. She cinched the ropes tightly before declaring herself finished. Hey, I've been cooperating, complained Jack bitterly. Jen went into the bathroom and returned after a brief stop at the hamper with a pair of Katie's dirty panties. She walked deliberately towards Jack and pointed the remote at him, told him to open his mouth. Reluctantly, he complied, and she shoved the purple boy shorts in Jack's mouth. Rachel handed her a gigantic candy cane from the bag of supplies. The candy cane had cost her almost $10 and was 18 inches long and 2 inches in diameter. Taking a piece of festive red ribbon, she secured the candy cane across Jack's mouth, trapping the panties inside and effectively silencing him. It was unlikely such a thick candy cane would break and the panties stopped him from being able to lick it, which would have been a tedious and futile task anyway. That looks great, said Rachel. It's like visions of sugar plums dancing in her cute little head. Sharon and Angie returned with a huge cardboard box that had once held Katie's new washing machine. It was not a flimsy box by any means. The cardboard was very thick, and it was held together by staples. Rachel and Jen finished securing Jack's ankles together and placing him in a kneeling hog tie. Sharon rolled out a huge amount of wrapping paper, and they turned over the box so it was lying on its side. After Angie threw two pillows from the couch to the bottom of the box, she turned to Jack and said, Get in. Jack couldn't speak, but he shook his head vigorously and pleaded with his eyes and his moaning to not be put in the box. Jen tried to use the remote as a threat, but he would not yield, so she was forced to zap him. He twitched and writhed until Jen removed her finger from the button. That was setting four. There are six higher. Shall we see what they do, or will you be a good little girl? Jack did his best to shimmy into the box, and with the girl's help, he managed to back his way into his cardboard prison cell. After cutting a dozen small air holes with the scissors, the girls closed the box and used strapping tape to seal it. The pillows at the bottom of the box made kneeling more comfortable, but Jack wondered how long he'd kneel in this tiny box. The ropes connecting his wrists to his ankles made straightening up absolutely impossible. He could feel the girls wrapping the box. As the paper covered up the air holes, things went pitch black, but the girls soon punctured the paper as well. The girls topped the box with a very large red bow and wrapped several other smaller gifts for Katie as well. Then they used gift tags to number the order of the packages that Katie was to open. Okay, you have a very Merry Christmas, Sugar Plum Fairy, T. Sharon. Mmm, came the muffled reply from in the box. Maybe, if you're lucky, Santa Claus will let you out early, giggled Rachel. Do you think he can get out of there? asked Angie. No, when I tie a sissy, he stays tied, assured Jen. Good night, sweetie, laughed Rachel. Wasn't this more fun than hanging out in some dive bar drinking all night?
0: I hope you liked that. That was Shayla Spagia reading my story. Sissy under wraps. Now, um So you heard about oh, 35 percent of the stories left um the the ending which is where all the hallmark christmas magic takes place um so i hope you'll uh, consider purchasing it if you do decide to purchase an audio my suggestion the cheapest place you're going to find them is actually on nightflirt miss candy apple there's a link there um and then also if you really want to help me out clips for sale has a great deal right now until like the end of january where we get a nice big Percentage of our sale much larger than usual, so I appreciate those of you that are supporting me. We lost our sponsorship from Anchor, which is why you're not hearing that at the beginning of the podcast anymore. And I am in the middle of looking for a new sponsor. So if you know a company that uh, is looking to, you know, you know what sort of stuff my uh, podcast promotes, so you know I'll be looking for something in that general area. So anyway we have another great Christmassy themed show next week that'll be like throwing out all the uh, stops on the uh you know christmas party i am going to be playing some old audios some new audios i am supposed to get one tomorrow from faith o'shea those of you who love that sexy british accent she's doing my take on uh the gift of the magi and um i even got a great new year's Eve story i don't think that'll be next week i think i'm going to save that one for the following week But I have some audios coming in that I'm sure you'll like. And I have some old ones for Christmas that I think are pretty good, too. So in the meantime, stay safe. Remember to social distance. Remember to wear your mask. And I will see you next week. Take care, everybody.